Hello, everyone, and I'm Jamie Dury for National Preview Online. I'd like to welcome you to uh, the second of our podcasts. The first was less a podcast and more an announcement of podcasts. Those of you who have followed us on uh, YouTube and on our website, nationalpreviewonline.com, know that up until recently, the primary means that we had of communicating information to the, uh, those of you who follow us was through our articles on nationalpreviewonline.com. Recently, I decided to expand the offerings to do some short blurbs on YouTube, uh, and then we decided might as well just go into the podcast market, because most people on YouTube don't go there to listen as much as they do to watch. So now we only use YouTube as like real flash announcements to let you know things that might be upcoming. Uh, but most of our communication with you now is going to be through these podcasts, which, as I explained in our inaugural podcast the other day, uh, are being hosted on Podbean. Now, the normal role of podcasts as you launch them is that after a few weeks, Apple Podcasts picks them up, and that is the biggest listing agency going. So once Apple Podcasts picks them up, it'll be a lot easier to search and find us. For the time being, you'll have to search on podbean.com only, and then you'll be able to find National Preview Online and subscribe. But once we get picked up by the Apple listing, you'll be able to search on Apple and put us in there. And if you're an iPhone or an iPad user, very easy for you to get those updates and notifications when a new podcast is posted, and you can simply listen to it in your car or where have you. Uh, and Android users will be able to do the same thing. Anyway, let's jump right in. We want to talk about a few things. Today is Monday. It's a scorcher here where we're broadcasting from on the East Coast. But it's a scorcher on the West Coast in a different manner of speaking. The city of Portland has really fallen into lawlessness uh, over the course of the last several weeks, with statues being destroyed, businesses being broken into and burned. And the really ridiculous nature of all this is that the local authorities there are trying to characterize this as First Amendment rights. And they're trying to characterize the intervention of the Trump administration as interfering with freedom of expression and First Amendment rights. Well, I don't know what school of government these people went to. I don't know where this wacky mayor of um, Portland went to school or what her his um, rather uh, history is. But breaking into businesses, destroying property, threatening people, this is not something that's within the First Amendment. This is called riots. Okay? These things jump off the, the pages of the penal law in any state you go to as anarchy and rioting and destruction of property. You have no constitutionally protected right to engage in that sort of behavior. Now, elected officials, on the other hand, have a constitutionally <laughs> sworn duty to protect the citizens and the public from those type of actions. Not a duty to encourage it or look the other way. They have a duty to protect people from it, and they're not doing that. So the city of Portland fell into lawlessness, and this lawlessness is beginning to become fashionable. It's being used all over the country by left-wing uh, anarchists operating under the name of Antifa and now under the name of Black Lives Matter. Now, just to be clear, when I refer to Black Lives Matter, I'm not referring to the idea or the concept of Black Lives Matter. That's something everyone can get behind. 
There's nothing wrong with saying black lives matter. Of course they matter. I'm referring to the organization using that moniker, Black Lives Matter. They're completely full of horseshit. They're nothing but radicals and anarchists. In fact, the woman who's in charge of collecting funds is a former terrorist in the weather underground who was pardoned by President Obama. So forget about Black Lives Matter as an organization. Completely discredited. Now, we see here in New York City lawlessness at an all-time high because I guess similar to Portland, we have a mayor here who is a complete radical, honeymooned in Cuba, and uh, his wife was a former Sandinista sympathizer, talking about Bill de Blasio. In fact, the chief of department, which is the highest uniform rank in the New York City Police Department, was assaulted on the Brooklyn Bridge uh, last week, and he suffered a few broken fingers as a result. Some woman decided to smack down from a uh, elevated walkway onto the police officers below with a cane, and she caused a lot of damage. She was ultimately identified, and she was arrested. But thanks to the new bail reform, uh, authored by our illustrious, benighted, pretty dumb governor, Mario, uh, Andrew Cuomo, uh, this woman was let go with a desk appearance ticket. No bail. She was in and out in a matter of hours. And that's usually something that's not done when a high-ranking official like that, high-profile case, usually they, they make sure that they uh, make it look good, at least for appearances. They didn't even try and do that in this case. So that was a real kick in the cojones to the, the chief of department, Terrence Monaghan, and to every police officer, not only in New York City, but across this country. But for the moment, let's just talk about Portland. Portland was in real bad shape. So the Justice Department, Attorney General Barr, federal law enforcement officers, came up with a very good tactic. They identified a lot of these protesters. They went around in military camo, uh, in unmarked minivans and vehicles, and they started snatching these people up off the street and charging them in federal court. They also used tear gas in certain situations to dispel the crowd. And you have people like the local officials complaining, we don't want the feds here, we didn't ask the feds to come here, and we don't want them here. We want them out of here. And now you have um, people like the former um, official from the Obama administration. She was an assistant secretary in the Department of Homeland Security, Miss Juliet uh, Kayim, saying that uh, generally the powers of public safety lie in the states and local government, not in the federal government. Well, that's true. They generally do. But this also presupposes that the people in the local government and the state government uh, will do their jobs and do what they're supposed to do. They're not doing that in this case. They're letting people just do whatever the hell they want. They're allowing vandalism and lawlessness to grow. This can't be had. A great success has been had with the tactics employed by the federal law enforcement uh, agencies in this case by neutralizing these threats and getting these people off the street and start putting some fear into them. I mean, people shouldn't fear their government they really shouldn't. But when I say that people shouldn't fear their government, I'm talking about honest, law-abiding citizens. Criminals, anarchists, vandals should have a great fear of their government. Now, look, I'm a libertarian, conservative. I'm always for uh, less government. I always believe that there should never be a federal law where you don't need a federal law. If a state law will do, so be it. 
if a local law will do, even better. Uh, they should delineate all powers to the private sector except those which absolutely belong within the uh, purview of the federal government uh, and have less government. But when you have a situation where that just can't happen because the people in charge of the local governments are not doing what they have to do, the federal government has to come in. So I find it laughable that people like Juliet Kayum and the mayor of Portland are uh, decrying the intervention of the Trump administration in the city of Portland to try and bring back law and order into that city. It was completely appropriate, and somebody, somebody absolutely has to do it. Uh, you can always, by the way, I'm going to make a quick announcement. If you wish to make a comment, there is an ability to comment, I believe, with Pod, uh, Podbean podcasts. If that for some reason gives you difficulty or if your comment is one of great length, please feel free to email us at nationalpreviewonline at gmail.com or you can go to our Facebook page, which also has the same name, National Preview Online, and you can make a comment on our Facebook page and make reference to the podcast at issue and see what you wish to, you know, to say over there. That's fine. Now, in keeping with lawlessness, I want to talk about something else, which just had come across my phone as I began uh, this broadcast just a few, uh, few minutes ago. Now, I'm sure you remember back in late June in St. Louis, the video that really went viral on all the news agencies on YouTube and every place else on Twitter of a couple, the McCluskeys. They lived in a gated community outside St. Louis, and a bunch of these thugs that I just described, the people who think it now it's fashionable to use the death of George Floyd um, as a reason just to do whatever the hell they want, crashed the gate on this gated community and were threatening to go on the man's lawn, actually threatening to get into his house. They were on his lawn. Uh, now, what are you supposed to do when you're sitting alone with your wife, you're minding your own business, and you see a crowd of 40 or 50 people crash through the front gate of your gated community and begin walking across your lawn and going to your home. Do you wait for them to kick in your door and produce knives or clubs or whatever else they're going to produce and kill you and deprive you of your life and rob you? Uh, or are you going to do something about it? Now, Mr. McCluskey, from what I can see, having watched him on various... Um, interviews on Fox News and elsewhere with his attorney, seems to be a perfectly legitimate citizen, a businessman. Uh, he doesn't uh, have a criminal record, and he is a legal gun owner, a legal gun owner, a Second Amendment right. And by the way, that is something which is constitutionally protected. The Second Amendment right to bear arms is protected. There is no right to destroy there is no right to rob, pillage, and plunder. So get this First Amendment stuff the hell out off the table because what the Trump administration did in Portland and what we're talking about here has nothing to do with the expression of the First Amendment right. And Mr. McCluskey armed himself with an uh, AR-15. They call it an assault rifle. It's really not an assault rifle because all these guns are not fully automatic. They're semi-automatic. You have to pull the trigger for each shot. His wife had a pistol, and they went on their lawn, they didn't fire at anybody. They didn't point their guns at anybody. 
They didn't threaten anybody. They just told everybody, you've come far enough. Stay off our lawn. Now, the attorney general, circuit attorney general, a woman named Kim Gardner, um, doesn't strike me as being the sharpest knife in the drawer. I saw her speak on TV. I heard her speak. I don't know how she got through law school. But in any event, she right away played the typical Democratic Party line, the typical liberal line, and said she was deeply disturbed by the assault committed by the McCluskeys. Now, the McCluskeys didn't commit any assault. She wasn't disturbed by the protesters. She wasn't disturbed by the fact that they kicked down a gated community's gate and forced their way in and were going to begin ravaging people there. But she was disturbed by the McCluskeys' lawful, constitutionally protected right to defend their homes from those who would seek to destroy it, to defend their lives from those who would seek to take it. This she was disturbed by. And she said she was going to investigate it and try and use the Ku Klux Klan law to see if she could prosecute them. Well, last week, believe it or not, uh, officials from her office went to the McCluskey's home and they seized those guns. They seized that rifle in particular. Whether they got the pistol or not, I don't know if they could readily identify it in, um, in those videos. But they seized the long gun that Mr. McCluskey had. And she said she was going to do everything she could to try and bring charges against these people. Well, lo and behold, I got a Fox News alert here that just says that the armed St. Louis homeowner expected an, an indictment for defending his property because St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner said Monday, that's today, that she's charging the couple who flashed guns at a crowd marching to the mayor's office last month with felony unlawful use of a weapon. Well, let me explain something to you. I don't know what the rules are in St. Louis, Miss Gardner, but use of a weapon usually means you use it during the course of another crime, like using it in a robbery to threaten or intimidate, or you fire it, or you hit somebody with it. That's usually what that means. I don't know what the laws are in St. Louis. Gardner is the city's top prosecutor. She told the Associated Press that Mark and Patricia McCluskey also faced a misdemeanor charge of fourth-degree assault over the June 28th incident. Quote, it is illegal to wave weapons in a threatening manner. That is unlawful in the city of St. Louis. Of course, the McCluskeys have maintained many times that they were defending themselves. Uh, they said that the crowd of demonstrators, as I said before, broke an iron gate marked with no trespassing and private street. Well, now if it's on a private street and it's not public property, that may change how the law is applied. My take on this is that if this thing goes through the courts, there is no way that these charges can hold. If for some reason they can corrupt local officials and somehow manage to ram through some kind of conviction or pick the right jury to get a conviction, this will be overturned on appeal. I, I don't even think they'll be, even be able to go to a trial. I think it'll be thrown out if they try and get any kind of indictment. Uh, it shouldn't be hard to get an indictment. You can indict a, a ham sandwich, as one famous jurist once said, but uh, they won't be able to convict him in a trial. They were just defending themselves. And really, it's all going to be for naught because over the weekend, 
I also received uh, a news alert on my phone from the governor of the state of Missouri, who said in no uncertain terms that if the local prosecutor attempts to charge the McCluskeys for defending their homes against those who sought to break into it and do them harm, that he will pardon them. So this seems like an exercise in futility. Now, that announcement by the governor of Missouri, as I said, was made over the weekend. So clearly, the prosecutor here, Ms. Gardner, must have known that, and she had an opportunity to back out of this gracefully and say that, well, there's no point in going forward. I'm not going to waste the taxpayer's money trying to prosecute a case that is not going to come to anything or amount to very much because the governor has already said he's going to pardon these people. So clearly she's trying to draw a line in the sand and uh, make herself out to be some kind of tough person. I don't know what sort of political aspiration she has, but this is going to go nowhere. So this is how petty it's become. This is how upside down the world has become. The police are now the bad guys. People defending themselves are now the criminals. The people that they're defending themselves against are the victims. You can't open your business because if you do, you may run afoul of some local mandate order for this COVID-19 nonsense. But people can break into the business that you can't open, and they're allowed to do that. And that's perfectly permissible. In New York City, all of Fifth Avenue in the wake of those riots was destroyed. Every designer store you care to name was broken into and boarded up, including Tiffany's. The only one that wasn't broken into was Gucci. You know why? Because Gucci's address is a very exclusive one on Fifth Avenue. It happens to be located on the ground floor of Trump Tower. And Trump Tower is protected by the Secret Service. And they weren't about to let anybody come in there. But all around, you had damage. And none of those people were arrested. Then you had the mayor of the city of New York going out with Al Sharpton, the uh, perennial purveyor of nonsense and incendiary rhetoric. And they painted a Black Lives Matter sign on Fifth Avenue right in front of Trump Tower, obviously designed to try and get under the president's skin. A lot of people resented that being put down Fifth Avenue. And some people went there several times over the past few days and poured paint over those painted letters in an attempt to deface it. Strangely enough, they were arrested. <laughs> and some of them were black. They were arrested, but not the people who did all the looting. So things are going to get stranger before they get better. And I believe that uh, more intervention on the part of the Trump administration is going to be warranted uh, and going to have to be uh, ordered and directed uh, to be conducted in some of these cities if these things don't get under control. Atlanta is another case that's ripe for federal intervention, uh, and they're going to have to do it there. New York City seems to have quieted down somewhat uh, in terms of the mass riots, but there's a lot of violence going on in New York City. Uh, shootings are up astronomically. Uh, in Chicago, shootings uh, were bad enough as they were. The other weekend, they had 64 shootings, 13 people dead, all of them black victims shot by black perpetrators. You know, this is where I really find the hypocrisy almost nauseating. If black lives really matter, why don't those black lives matter? Or is it that black lives only matter when they're brought 
to an end by a police officer, preferably a white police officer. And when a police officer dies who happens to be black, his life or her life doesn't seem to matter very much either. But that's the state of affairs we're in. For National Preview Online, I'm Jamie Dury. Please join us for our next podcast. Take care.